0: Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we would see Jesus today. Let us see Jesus. Amen. congregation may be seated. They say the more things change, the more they stay the same. What goes around comes around. That's, that's really from Ecclesiastes. What was will be again. The more things change, the more they stay the same. That's true even in technology. You know, we think technology is moving us to places we haven't been. Uh, All technology ever does is in some way move us back to where we already were. For instance, the fax machine. You remember the fax machines? Uh, There was a time we thought, wow, is that slick. You dial up this phone number and it shoots a document across the state, across the country. But do you remember how the first fax machines worked? Do you remember that? They had scrolls. Remember, they weren't pieces of paper. It was a scroll. It started as a scroll just like Old Testament scrolls. The more things change, the more they stay the same. They had scrolls, we had scrolls. Or uh, think about uh, uh, communication. We say the best way to communicate is right face-to-face. You have to see people. And what's happened with technology? Well, we've gotten away from people. So we send emails. We send text messages. But the more things change, the more they stay the same. We figured out Skyping. Because we know that face-to-face is the best way to communicate. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Uh, I think about uh, ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics. I I, I never could understand, well, how could they communicate with, with just these little pictures time and time again? And what's happened? The more things change, the more they stay the same, right? What were hieroglyphics? They were just early emojis. (laughs) We're going to think about these emojis as signs for us, symbols for us, as we look at still another sign from God about Jesus as it enables a blind man to see. Now, we heard this text already. It really goes on for about 40 verses. I'm not going to read all 40 of the verses. But you need to know what else is happening in this text. We read just the beginning of it. There was a man that was born blind. And they said, well, who sinned? Him or his parents? And this is interesting. This is important. Jesus wasn't going to find fault. Jesus didn't come to find fault with people. He came to bring them help. He said, it was not about this guy. It's about the work of God that you're about to see. And you know what Jesus did. He, he spit in some, some dirt, made some mud. Do you know what the Greek word for spit is? Do you know what the Greek word for spit is? Patui. <laughs> that's the Greek. The more things change, the more they stay the same, right? Patui, that's the word. And, and he made the mud and he put it on his eyes and he, he sent him to the pool of Siloam. And John's very clear about this. He said the pool of Siloam means the sent one. That's important. What, how had Jesus identified Himself? He was the one sent. He kept t- saying, I'm the one that's come down from above. I was sent to come down from above. And what does He do? He puts the mud on the man's eyes and sends him to the scent pool. And what are we seeing there? We're seeing what He was sent for. So that blind people can see. That was the mission. That was the ministry of Jesus. Now there was some confusion about this. Well, is that really the guy? You know, Do people get, get healed like that? And they asked him. They said, well, surely it can't be. And, and so they called him and they said, yeah, it's me. He said, uh, he said go and wash at the, the pool of Siloam. I went and I washed and I received my sight. They said, well, where is he? He says, I'm not sure. This is, this is another example of of, if I can use this phrase, this is another example of naked grace. Naked grace. Absolutely God's work. The man didn't even know who he was. This had nothing to do with anything within the man. Any spiritual knowledge within the man. He simply received a gift from God. It's naked grace. And so they they brought him before the Pharisees. The Pharisees, you can imagine, weren't happy about this, especially because, still again, Jesus had done this on the Sabbath. And they were just convinced uh, people that really walk with God don't do such things on the Sabbath. And there was this big division. And they said, Well, they said to the man, They said, Now, who do you think he is? And he said, He is a prophet. The Jews didn't believe. They, they still didn't really think he was the guy, they thought it was somebody else. And so they hauled the parents in and they said to the parents, is this your son or not? Now the parents knew that anyone that, that identified Jesus as the Christ would be put out of the synagogue. And so they said, uh, go ask him. He's old enough to answer. They didn't want to get involved. And so they brought him in again a second time, and they said, give glory to God. Uh, We know this fellow's a sinner, talking about Jesus. And here's what the fellow said. He said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I know, I was blind and now I see. They said, well, how did he do this? How did he do this? And then one of the more comical statements in Scripture, he answered, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? No, they did not want to become his disciples. And then he said, he said, surely this man is from God. God doesn't do these things unless someone is from God. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And finally they'd had enough and they put him out. And it's then that Jesus approached him a second time. And he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, Who is he, sir, that I might believe in him? You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Ah, now, now he could see. And then Jesus says these words, kind of quizzical at the tail end. He says, For judgment I came into the world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Jesus, of course, came to turn things upside down. Those who are blind, those who are ignorant, those who don't know God, those who are in need of a physician, He came to heal them. But those who think they know it all, those who think they've accomplished it all, and they have all of the answers, and they don't even need God, they, are self-condemned in their own blindness. Now, as we look at, at this passage, there are a number of things uh, that, that we need to see about Jesus in the kingdom of God. And I want to start with this. This is important for us as Christians to be clear on. Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, He came to bring it light. We need to be certain about that. Uh, For us as the church, God has not sent you and me into the world to be the moral police. He hasn't sent you and me into the world to straighten people out. Jesus didn't come to find fault with people. He came to bring rescue to people. He came to bring rescue to people who are in rebellion to their Creator, who are caught up in themselves and are bringing disaster upon themselves. He came to bring rescue. Now there are some that are self-condemned. That's what it says at the end. Uh, But remember, you know John 3.16. You ought to memorize John 3.17 as well. It says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Jesus came so that blind people could see. So that people without God could be rescued. And He did what nobody else can do. Jesus heals what no one else and nothing else can This miracle of healing the man born blind is of a different sort than what we see in the Old Testament. In fact, it was understood that nobody had ever been healed from blindness. A leprosy, we saw Naaman healed of leprosy. We saw the ten lepers healed in the New Testament. The lepers in the New Testament getting healed. That's nothing new. Naaman been healed but but the man himself said never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind this is this is a sign of the messiah If you look at Isaiah chapter 42, I'm going to read a a little bit of this. It was a sign about the, the coming of the servant, the Messiah. It says, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. Jesus was to bring forth justice. He was to bring things or make things so that they were just right between rebellious people and the holy God by offering Himself up as the sacrifice. It says He will not cry aloud or lift up His voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed He will not break and a faintly burning wick He will not quench. He's not going to come and holler and shout. He's going to come and woo and invite listen to what it says. Thus says the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out who spread out the earth and who comes from it who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it I am the Lord I am Yahweh I have called you in righteousness this is talking about the Messiah that would come I will take you by the hand and keep you I will give you as a covenant for the people a light for the nations to open the eyes that are blind to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. This is my name. Jesus heals what no one else and nothing else can. Uh, You might say that next to the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, giving sight to the blind was the most important thing that Jesus did in his miracles because it was illustrating what he had come to do to rescue people, from darkness he does what no one else can there was another day that there were drops on the dirt on the mud but that day it wasn't water it was blood it was the blood of Jesus poured out for you and for me for our blindness there on the cross onto the ground to wash us to wash away our sin to wash away our blindness to wash away our rebellion against God our hope is in Jesus he heals and he washes like no one else can. And in that, Jesus makes us more than good. He makes us gods. That's the thumbs up. (laughs) The guy was healed from his blindness. That's good. He could see. He once was blind. Now he could see. Later on, he came to have faith in God. Jesus, having found him, said, do you believe in the Son of Man? And he said, well, who is he? He says, you have seen him. It's the one speaking to you. And then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. God may not take away all of your physical blindness, your physical ailments, your physical problems. He didn't heal everybody in that day. He didn't come to heal everybody. What he came to do was to bring us to God. And that is open for each and every one of us. That we would belong to God. That we would be His people. Rescued from our rebellion. uh, Rescued from the death of the world. That we would be God. It's more than good. He makes us God. The next emoji. What do you think of that next one? (laughs) That represents that Jesus fills our eyes with the kingdom of God. Eyes wide open to see all that God has done for us. That's what that means. He could see it all then. Wow. Wow. I see my Savior. That's my my hope for each one of us. That our eyes would be filled with the good things from God and His kingdom. That your eyes would be filled with His love. Nobody loves you like God does. Nobody loves you. You don't have to justify yourself to God. You don't have to prove yourself to God. God doesn't love you because of what you can do, what you will do, what you ought to do. He loves you because He loves you. Jesus said, greater love has no man than this. He lays down, God loves you. I want your eyes to be filled with, with life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. It looks in this world as if our life is ebbing away, but it's just coming to its culmination, its, its fruition. His eyes fill us with great splendor. I, I know we're having kind of a mild part of the winter right now, but it'll be back. And before long, though, it'll move towards spring and the flowers will come out and the birds will come out and the grass. And we start to see the the creation reborn. You haven't seen anything yet. The splendor of this renewed creation is nothing compared to the new creation. Let, Let God fill your eyes with His splendor. And fill your eyes with great joy. Great joy, happiness. We, happiness is a good thing. I'm all for being happy, but happiness, you know, kind of goes up and down. But joy, whether we live, whether we die, we belong to the Lord, and we are filled with His joy. They had questions yet about who this Jesus was. Who, who is this who healed the man born blind? Here's my question for you Do you see it? Do you see it? Do you see Jesus as the one who heals you, who rescues you, who opens up his kingdom to you? May your eyes be wide open. And will you help to share it? This is what the world needs. This is what our community needs. You know, if I can say, I say this very gently. The community doesn't need us out preaching morality. The community doesn't need us out preaching theology. Both of those things are real good things. We're all in favor of those things. But we're not sent out into the world to condemn the world. We're not sent out into the world to judge the world. We're sent out into the world to help rescue the world that's in rebellion against its creator. Left to itself, it is self-condemned. We don't need to do any of that. But instead, we go out through words and deeds and kindness and love and the Gospel, that Jesus would be at work and eyes would be open. Will you help share it? That's the question today. Really, we we need to be praying about gearing up that together through us we might shine a brighter light into this darkened world. May it be. Amen.